Good morning, New Jersey. It's good to see all of you, and thank you for uh, the opportunity to be here. You were not on my schedule, but Larnie and Patty reached out and said, can you come over uh, on uh, the 17th? And I uh, couldn't say no, so uh, that's why I'm here. Uh, I just want to say real quickly, Larnie, thank you for being that man that, that uh, Patty was dreaming for. Uh, being her dream come true. Amen. Uh, but I love all of you and just appreciate so much your faithfulness. And I'm talk about that more in a minute. Uh, just thankful for those who serve in the full-time ministry here. I don't have just been a gift from God and it made a tremendous difference in my life. You know, you need those people in your life that when you're going through times, they keep you sane because you know, you know how things can happen in life and in the kingdom. You can lose your mind sometimes. And Larry has been that guy who's kept me from drowning at times and from wanting to kill other people at times. So, Thank you, brother, for being the peacemaker in my life. regions. I've been to Long Island. I've been to Staten Island. I've been to Queens. I've been to Brooklyn. Uh, and, and so here I am with, with you guys. And, and I've got a few more places that I'll go to next year. But you're my last stop for 2023. And I pray that uh, something can be said or done today that will encourage you in your faith. You know, I've wanted as I conclude my journey here in New York, and I don't know what doors God is opening for the future, uh, but I wanted to finish. The New York church and uh, just, you know, be in some kind, have some kind of pity party. Uh, for myself, but I wanted to leave strong, leave uh, uh, invigorated, uh, giving my whole heart every step of the way. And so I came up with this theme, finish strong. And so I want to encourage you also to finish strong because in our lifetime, as Christians, we've seen a lot of people come and go. Go back and look at for those of you who've been married a while, look at your wedding photo and the people that were in it that are probably no longer around. You know, the guy that studied the Bible with me, uh, no longer around. You know, people that made a significant difference in my life for some reason gave up the faith or for some of them, God has called them on the glory. But the, the conviction that we all have to have is that we're here for God and no matter who comes or who goes, that we're going to finish strong in the Lord. Can I get an amen on that, church? And, uh, and God today has given us one of the greatest gifts of all. I hope I'm pressing the right button here. The middle button? Okay, the middle button? Okay, let's see if it'll work. God has given us the greatest of all gifts. And I wanted to start with this because I need to get a little Christmas spirit in the sermon today. And the Bible says here in 
Isaiah, for unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Now, of everything we've been given in life, there is no greater gift than Jesus Christ. And I can't even begin to imagine where my life would be if I did not know Jesus. If he'd not come and rescued me. And the longer I do this thing, the more grateful, the more appreciative, the more thankful I am that God brought Jesus into my life. And my life to what was called the soul talk back in the 70s. And I thought it was a little weird because it was a Caucasian guy inviting me to a soul talk. And I said to myself, I don't know why you're going, but I should be there if it's going to be a talk on soul. But they weren't talking about the kind of soul that, that I, you know, the hood soul. They were talking about the spiritual soul. And I went to that little discussion, and I never stopped going. And six weeks later, in the, the course of my life. That every good thing in my life is because of Jesus. I met Cynthia because of Jesus. And I know all of you only because of Jesus. There's some people in this room, I would not be in this. This, amen, this is a statement that is very sobering that I want you to moment. He said, as he came toward the end of his ministry, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. You ever read a passage and you just go, is that right? Did he really mean that? That the love of most, their passion is going to dwindle and they're going to lose. The Sam Powell that got baptized in April 1975, what would he say to the Sam Powell of December 2023? Do I still have the same love and passion and and desire to please God that I had when I first got started. Because when I first became a Christian, there was nothing in my life more important than knowing the Lord. And I pray these 47 years later that I'm just as zealous, if not more passionate, and I know more thankful for what he has done in my life. May our love for him never grow cold. But being here in attendance does not mean that you have a passion for the Lord. 
You got to do more than just show. Okay, all right. So, and they're all going to come out of this scripture. We're going to read this scripture together, and then I'm going to share with you what those three gifts uh, that I want you to put on your list for this year, what they should be. Okay, we're going to read Isaiah 6, and starting in Isaiah 6. And Isaiah really was a prophet who came to help God's people to see his judgment, but also to help God's people to see the hope and vision that he had for them. It says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphs, each with six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces, and with two, they covered their feet. And with two, they were flying, and they were calling to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. And the whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorpost and the threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined. I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he'd taken from the tongue from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, see this has touched your lips, your guilt is taken away, and your sin is atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, here am I, send me. Here am I, send me, Lord. And there are three gifts from this scripture that I want you to ask God for. Gift number one. Lord, help me to see you. Help me to see your glory. Help me to see your majesty. Help me to see what Isaiah saw. The Bible says that, that Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up. And that he cried out, he, he, he heard the, the angels, he, he heard the, 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 those in, in glorious places saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And our, our prayer needs to be, God, give me the gift of knowing you, of seeing you. He says, I saw the Lord seated on the throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Listen to me this morning, church. There is nothing more important in your life than for you to know God, than for you to grow in your knowledge of God. That's why everywhere I go, I say it over and over and over again. You need to be in the word of God every day. You don't just need to go to church. You don't just need to be a part of a, a, part of a small group. You need to be in God's word for yourself every day because through the Bible, God speaks to you. He reveals himself to you. You learn about God. You know, Cynthia and I, we've made this commitment. We're in the word of God every day. And I meditate on it. And I memorize it. And I focus on the greatness of God. Because the Bible tells me to take time to be still 
and to know that God is God. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies reveal the glory of, of his hands. We just have to take time to consider how great our God is. To love him, to know him, to have him as first in your heart is more important than anything else you will do in life. It's more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. And you need to make sure this morning that you are here for God. That it is God who you serve. It is God who is first in your life. And Isaiah was able to see the glory and the majesty of God. It goes on, it says, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. How do you see God this morning? Do you see his omnipotence? Do you see his wisdom? Do you see his sovereignty? Do you see his love and his grace and his patience and his mercy? Do you see how much he loves you? Do you see that in life he is always right? He's never failed. He's never been wrong. He's never had to correct himself because he's perfect in all of his, all his ways. He's have never had to come up with a plan B. Because his plan A is always right. That he knows you the number of hairs on your head. That he created you in his image. He has a perfect plan for your life. That he is always there. That he never takes a day off. That he never slumbers. He never sleeps. He never gets tired. He is the Lord God Almighty. He is, he is majestic and powerful. And he knows everything there is to know about you. Your every sin, your every weakness, your every lustful thought, every critical word you've ever said or thought. He's been in your heart and mind every day. And if we spent time there, it would be frightening. But God sees everything about you and still loves you and wants to spend eternity with you. That is amazing to me. How we see God determines how we see life, how we see our struggles, how we see the ups and downs that, that occur in life. And a lot of times when things go wrong, we get focused on people because we don't realize it is God working on us. You know, I was in a meeting yesterday trying to reconcile some things with a brother. And I had to pray through this a, a, a number of times because my mindset was, God, we need to get in here and fix this situation so this individual can see what they need to change. And really, through the whole thing, what God was trying to help me to see what I needed to change. And so I never blame people for the stuff I go through because it is God refining me and teaching me to trust in him, to not move, to not shrink back, to not give up to not become embittered or resentful, but to realize, thank you, Lord, for what you took me through because it made me stronger. Because I had to go down and dig deeper to rely on you. You see, God is always trying to teach, these, these, teach us these things if we only see him in everything that we go through. There's nothing more important than that. This is what Isaiah tells us. As we consider our great God, he says, do you not know? 
Have you not heard the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth? He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak, even youths. That's right. Grow tired and weary. Young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will. I'm going, I'm going too fast here. He says, do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been? It's people like grass. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy and spreads them out like a tent to live in. He brings naught and reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. No sooner are they planted, no sooner are they sown, no sooner do they take root in the ground than he blows on them, they wither, and a whirlwind streaks them away like chaff. To whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One. Lift your eyes and look to the heavens, church. Stop looking at people. Don't look at Larry. Don't look at Mary Lou. Don't look at the Murdochs. Don't look at the garrisons. You look at God. You keep your eyes on him. Because he is the one who is in control. And sometimes we doubt whether he's in control because he doesn't do it during our timetable. But I've never seen God fail, not one time in all my years as a disciple. Who created all these? Who brings out the starry hosts one by one and calls them each by name? Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Our God is a mighty God. He's a powerful God. And we need to make sure that we ask him, God, help me to see you. Help me to know you. Help me to trust in you. Help me to rely on you. And especially in those darkest times in my life, help me to be unwavering in my commitment and my faith in you. Gift number one. Gift number two. Lord, this is the one we really need. Lord, help me to see myself. The gift of self-knowledge, of self-awareness, eludes so many people. We think we know ourselves. That's why another reason you need to be in the Word of God, because it's like a mirror. It helps you to see what you really look like. But this is what Isaiah went on and says, woe to me. After he saw the glory of God, he said, woe to me. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips. I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord God Almighty. See, when you see the holiness and the greatness and the majesty of God, it humbles you. It it helps you to to see how inadequate you are, how weak you are. You know, God is the creator. We've created nothing. All man does is plagiarize what God has made. We haven't made anything. We just remake it. 
He's amazing. And when I think about how great he is and how holy he is, he lives in unapproachable light. In other words, we in our flesh, in this sinful state, we can't even come in the presence of God. Moses caught a glimpse of the goodness of God, the back of God. And he lit up like a Christmas tree because of the radiance of God. And so no man has ever seen God or or will see God because of where we are in our flesh. Because he is so holy. But we have to realize, and sometimes we don't realize it. You know, remember that that, that the church in Laodicea, what was their problem? They were lukewarm. You know what Jesus said to them? Your problem is you don't realize that you're wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. You don't realize it. But when you see the greatness of God, you, you, you begin to realize who you really are and where you really stand before him. And that's, that's, that's what we, we've got to understand. So Jesus tells this parable, this story, and it really helps me, and I hope it'll help you. He says to some who were confident of their own righteousness. Now, I know that doesn't apply to any of us, but just in case it may, I'm going to read it anyway. And look down on everybody else. And we never look down on other people because we're not critical of anybody. So I'm just, but I'm just going to read this just to read it, just to get through it. And Jesus told this parable just so maybe it might help us. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. God, almighty, loving, holy God, the nerve I thank you that I am not like other men. Robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector who's standing up, sitting over here praying next to me. Or, or I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me as sinner." I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Like I said, I've been a Christian a long time. Three weeks ago, Cynthia and I had a bump. And I'm just sharing this in case there are married people who may have had conflicts in their, in their marriage. And so we had this, this bump, and as usual, uh, it was all her fault. I was right and she was wrong. And I was trying to get her to see that. But then as I was thinking about it, the Spirit of God made it clear to me, Sam, you are wrong. And even if you weren't wrong, the way you handle it is totally wrong. That you're being arrogant and you're being self-righteous and you're being unloving and harsh and unkind. And so when the spirit hit me with all that, I was like, oh, my Lord, man, I've been a Christian too long to still be like this. And so I sent her a text. Now, you know, it's bad when you live in the same house and you're sending text messages. You, you, you text, you're sending text messages to one another. Because you're too proud to go in and just say, hey, I need to talk to you. So I sent the text message, and she responded uh, positively. And I went in, and I said, honey, I'm so sorry. It was all my fault. I'm wrong. I have no excuse. Please forgive me. And we got it right. But what I thought is, you're a sinner, Sam. And when you see 
how great God is and you realize how holy he is, he keeps you in your right place. You see, this tax collector said, the Bible says he would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast. God, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. I don't deserve to know you. I don't deserve to go to heaven. I don't deserve to be in your church. I don't deserve the blood of Jesus to have washed away my sins. And if I would ever think for one second I deserve it, I'm totally wrong. God have mercy on me. You're a good, good God. You're a forgiving God. You're a gracious God. And when I see where I really am before you, it humbles me, Lord, right where I need to. I'm never at a better place than when I see myself the way I really am in the presence of God. My relationships are never better than when I see myself the way I am in the presence of God. And that's why I need to be in God's word every day and let God speak to me. And sometimes he speaks to me through other people. But I need to see where I am. And yeah, have I grown? Have I gotten better? Absolutely I have. But I need to continue to see how I need to be humble before the Lord God Almighty because I don't deserve to go to heaven. And we're all going to get there only by the grace and the goodness and the mercy of God. Do you see yourself the way you really are? I double dog dare you to pray. God, help me to see me. That's a prayer that will get answered, and it might just get answered today if you'll pray. All right, here's gift number three as we, we come, come, come to a conclusion here. Ask God for this gift. Lord, help me to see others. Help me to see others the way that you see them. What did Isaiah go on to say? Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined. I am a man of unclean lips. And I live among a people of unclean lips. Now, COVID was really tough for me um, evangelistically. I mean, I didn't study Bible with anybody for almost two years. I'm not. It, it, it was just difficult to meet people. I mean, it, you know, you got mask on and. Uh, and it's just not a good, and you're trying to keep your distance. And so after a couple of years, you know, I, I, I thought, well, Sam, you need to reset or recalibrate. But then I read my Bible and it says you need to repent. <laughs> and, and so, and so I, I said, you know, Lord, help me to, to see that the world is lost because Really, what Isaiah began to see is not only was he doomed, but that the people around him were also lost. And I had lost that. I had lost that, that, that compassion. And so I think we need to pray again. God, give us the gift of compassion. Give us the gift, gift of empathy. Because, you know, 2023 is about to come to a, a, a close. And, and if I was to ask you, did you sit down and open God's word with anybody this year? 
where do you stand? And so I prayed, God, please, you know, I'm, I'm repenting. And God opened the door. I, you know, I, I met somebody, studied the Bible with them. They became a Christian. I mean, it was exciting. They're still doing well spiritually. But it's not because I'm great or because of, of I'm awesome. It's because what Jesus said is true. The harvest is plentiful. But what's the problem, church? The workers are few. And when Jesus saw the crowds, he didn't judge them. The Bible says when he saw the crowds, he saw that they were what, church? Harassed and helpless. Like sheep without a shepherd. And I stopped seeing the world the way that God sees it. Because it doesn't matter how big the house is they live in. It doesn't matter how nice the car they drive in, <laughs> drive is. It doesn't matter if they have designer clothes on. It it doesn't matter what position they have in life or how popular they are or how much money they have in their bank account. If they don't know Jesus, they're lost. If they don't know the Lord God Almighty, they're lost and there's no hope for them. And the only hope for them is Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. There's no other way. There's no other plan. And God has chosen you and he's chosen me. To reach out and try to touch somebody else's life. How do you see the people in your neighborhood, on your job, in your family? You know, I'm convinced that the number one reason people will not get to heaven is because of pride. That's what's going to keep people out. Not a lack of knowledge, but a lack of really seeing who they are in the presence of God. And we need to love people enough to at least extend an invitation. Come see the Lord God Almighty. And what did, what did Isaiah say? He said, then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? Who's going to save New Jersey? Who's going who's gonna to save the people in this great state, the most densely populated state in our union? Who's going to save them? And Isaiah said, and, and the Lord said, and who will go for us? And what was Isaiah's, <laughs> Isaiah's statement? He said, here am I. Send somebody else, Lord. <laughs> it's not what he said. Here am I. Send me if in your lifetime you help just one person get to heaven. You would have done a glorious task if you just help one person spend eternity with God. You would have done a great work in your lifetime. And I know we could get so caught up in how many we did this and how many we do that. Look, the fruit is all God's. Every soul is his. You, you ain't done nothing but be his instrument. Don't go around telling me who you converted, who you baptized. No, you ain't converted nobody ever. God does the converting. And it's his fruit. Because we always want to take credit for the fruit, but when they mess up, I don't know, ain't no more. I know them people. Just, just, yeah, who else studied with them? I was there. I wasn't in the primary. <laughs> One soul, the woman at the well, 
one soul that you touched in 2024 can change the world. But you got to say, God, help me to see that person in that grocery line. And it doesn't matter if they're black or white, because you know, you know how we can be. I have a lot easier time reaching the black folk than I do white folk. I mean, I see that brother in that DMV line, and there can be 20 white folk be between me and him, but we're like, <laughs> ain't right. But that's the truth. That's why y'all laughing. <laughs> and I'm saying, God, help me to see what you see. That anybody here could be open. Here am I. Send me. Jersey, ask God for these gifts. The gift of seeing him. The gift of seeing others. The gift of seeing ourselves. And the gift of seeing others who need God so desperately. God is saying to you, New Jersey, whom shall I send? And what is our answer, church? Here am I, send me. God bless you.